0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast, with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, we'll be looking at uh, the usual list of CVs and fixes from the week, and we're also going to have a bit of a talk about uh, some of the things that have been going on in the community, including uh, a couple of our uh, Canonical employees heading off to LSS uh, Europe, and some presentations they did there, and uh, yeah, some blog posts, and the usual sorts of things. Okay, so let's get into it. So this week uh, we fixed 17 different CVEs across the supported Ubuntu releases. So the first one we're going to look at is three CVEs that were fixed for uh, MySQL or MySQL depending on how you say it for uh, precise extended security maintenance. So in the previous episode we talked about some fixes for uh, MySQL that were done for the other supported releases and now we've backported those as well for uh, MySQL in precise extended security maintenance. So if you're an extended security maintenance customer uh, you've got those three CVEs fixed for you now too. The next thing is uh, I guess the Bugs that keep on giving, which is Ghostscript. So we've talked previously about Ghostscript in episodes five and episode seven, and it looks like Tavis Ormandy from Google Project Zero is been having an even more in-depth look at it and found a couple more different uh, ways to bypass the sandbox there. So essentially, uh, as we mentioned previously, GoScript includes a sandbox to try to make sure that basically any unsafe postscript won't be uh, won't be executed, but in this case there were two different ways to still bypass that sandbox that have now been fixed. Uh, so that's two of the CVEs, and the third one is due to an incomplete fix for one of the previous sandbox escapes that was done, uh, I think that was covered in episode 7. Um, So yeah, that's now been fixed for trusty Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic. So yeah, if you're using Ghostscript to to process untrusted Postscript files, definitely make sure you've updated. The next one is an update to OpenJDK. So this is the uh, the latest release of OpenJDK uh, that is now for Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic and this addresses eight different CVEs and I guess a bit like the way that the Firefox updates and other packages, we've got a bunch rolled into this, this version update. And so we've got uh, things like uh, insufficient checking of signatures in manifest elements that would allow uh, the ability for, uh, to construct and uh, essentially then an untrusted Java app which would be able to escape the sandbox. Uh, similarly, there were insufficient checking on different attributes within the jar archives. And again, you could construct the jar archive that would then contain uh, untrusted uh, elements that would allow to bypass the sandbox. Uh, There's also things like failure to clear HTTP headers on a redirect that would then meant those same header elements would then get resent to the redirected host and that could allow the exposure of sensitive information. Uh, Finally, there's another one I thought looked a bit interesting, which was the ability to uh, execute arbitrary code due to failure to enforce different system properties. So yeah, a bunch of different fixes there. So if you're using OpenJDK, definitely make sure you've updated for that. Uh, The last one I want to talk about is some updates to Curl. So uh, we talked about Curl again in a previous episode in episode 5. So we've got here three different CVEs that were fixed for trusty Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic. And one of these we've also backported for Precise ESM where that applied. Uh, the first one here is a buffer overflow in the uh, SAS authentication and again this is very similar as I said to one that we covered in episode 5 basically where um, the password field would be able to be used uh, as then a so you input the password that length that you input as a password would then get used for buffer calculation but that was done wrong and so then you'd be able to overflow the buffer and you know code execution or whatever else you like after that uh, the next one was a use after free when closing uh, handles were used for connection, and so that could then result in a denial of service and crash. Um, and the last one was a bit of a simpler one, but a use uh, an out of bounds read that would result uh, when using certain command line arguments to curl to print uh, error messages. Now uh, it doesn't sound that important but a lot of different web applications might use curl to run various commands and perform certain actions and then if they fail, would then use curl to print the uh, error message and maybe show that to the user or log it or whatever it might be. And so uh, yeah, that could actually then cause um, you know, a crash or a denial of service as a result. Uh, as I say, this was the one that was also backported for precise ESM, uh, the other two weren't relevant there. Okay, so uh, not as many security updates, only 17 CVEs fixed this week, but uh, yeah, that summarizes all of those. The next thing I want to talk about is some things going on in the community. As I mentioned in the introduction, we've had a couple of different canonical engineers head over to the Linux Security Summit in Europe. Now, it was only a few months ago that uh, we had our own uh, John Johansson, uh, the AppArmor kernel maintainer, presenting at uh, LSS North America. And so he was also presenting again uh, in Europe, basically summarizing uh, AppArmor, some of the history of AppArmor, roughly how AppArmor works, and then some of the latest developments in AppArmor as well. So his presentation, as I said, focuses on that. Some of the things, I guess, that I found uh, more interesting from that was some of the future highlights that are going to be coming down the pipe. So things like the ability to hopefully allow users and applications to load and bundle their own policy and define that, whereas currently all policy uh, is sort of system administrator level and has to be loaded basically by route. Uh, some other kind of cool features like delegation, so the ability for uh, one uh policy to delegate part of that authority to the policy for another application Uh, so then you essentially can build essentially a capability system which is really cool and other things like improvements to PAM, AppArmor and, and some other stuff. Yeah so I've got a link there to both the slides in the show notes as well as a video recording of that so make sure you check that out. The other thing uh, that we had was one of our engineers, uh, Christian Bronner from the kernel team. He went over to talk about uh, the latest developments in namespaces and capabilities. So these are kind of the building blocks that are used for containers. And as he works on LXD, yeah, he's quite well uh, well versed in all of that so uh, again some of the future highlights i thought that were more interesting from that was uh, seccomp trapped user space so the ability that you could specify seccomp policy and then have that call out to user space uh, in the event of uh, certain things which would be very cool to be able to build kind of the interactive policy uh he's also talking about lsm stacking and uh, the potential to split up cap sysadmin so at the heart of the Linux capabilities is Capsys Admin, which is essentially uh, overloaded nowadays, and there is so much stuff bundled in terms of authority into Capsys Admin that it makes it very hard to kind of do the fine grained policy um, or fine grained authority separation that capabilities were originally designed for. So, this idea that maybe Capsys Admin will get split up into uh, multiple smaller authority pieces rather than one giant thing that allows almost everything like the current root user does. Okay. Uh, So that's it for LSS Europe. Uh, The other thing is we've published a blog post. So the security team hasn't done a lot of these, but uh, this is one of hopefully the first of many, and it's a guide to snap permissions and interfaces. So the idea basically that when you develop a snap application, uh, it is sandboxed by default when you use strict confinement, and then the way that you actually interact with things outside of that is through interfaces, and each interface corresponds to a permission. So the blog post basically goes through that sort of a high level. Uh, hopefully in the future, we'll expand that to talk a bit more about how some of that policy enforcement works, and I guess some of the different details of the various interfaces. So yeah, if you're interested in SNAPs and some of the security that goes into that, please check that out. Okay, as usual, uh, we are still hiring. We've got an open position for an Ubuntu security engineer. Uh, the link to the job details and application is in the show notes. Uh, yeah, and if you're uh, an application developer with an interest in Ubuntu and security or a security engineer, and you've done some development work, I urge you to please check it out and apply. Okay, so uh, yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of this, this week's episode, a bit of a shorter one, but uh, yeah, we'll be back again in another week. Uh, but as usual, if you want to get in contact, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com. You can also find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network or you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. Okay, so as usual, uh, remember, keep calm and enable automated upgrades and I will speak to you in another week. Okay, bye.